Welcome to the Yoga Church Sunday Sermons. If you're curious about creating or deepening your spiritual practices, please visit summercushman.com, where you can sign up for private sessions, online courses, retreats, and much more. The Yoga Church is here to support your efforts to connect with divine mystery and practice loving better. If these sermons bring you joy and value, please consider making a contribution. They're a totally free and ad-free offering, but that doesn't mean they're without cost. Your support will help me keep them going. Thank you. And with that, let's dive in to this guest sermon written by my friend and colleague, Marcy Becker. It's a recap of our recent study of the Yamas, and it's called Lady Gaga, Jesus, and an Angel Walk Into a Bar. Enjoy. I was first introduced to the Yamas in 2010 when I attended yoga teacher training at City Yoga in Indianapolis. And while I don't remember a lot about the specifics about that first exposure, I do remember how much sense they made and just how right they felt. How they felt more um, inviting than the Ten Commandments I had learned years ago. There was just a different energy to these than the thou shalt nots of my past. The way I remember originally learning about them was that the yamas and niyamas aren't necessarily requirements, but they're more like suggestions, like, you know, really important suggestions, but suggestions nonetheless. And they show us how to exist in the world in a way that serves both us as individuals and the world. And the amount that one could adhere to these suggestions would likely determine the amount of suffering that would exist in one's life. So basically, like I have a choice, I have free will, and my choices impact the amount of suffering I have. So this was a fairly new theological concept as compared to the religious philosophy I had been exposed to in the past. I mean, I grew up with mostly Methodist influences. And then there was a dash of the Crystal Cathedral and a few pinches of Assembly of God thrown in there just to keep things interesting. So choice and agency weren't anything professed in those traditions, at least not that I remember. And there was definitely a set of rules and behaviors that needed to be followed. And if I didn't follow them... Not only would I not fit in, (laughs) but it would also show everyone just how bad I was. I mean, it was a sinner after all. And in actuality, I shouldn't feel too bad about being a sinner because that's how I was born. I mean, we all were, according to those teachings. We were born bad. It's all that original sin. (laughs) And they would have us thank Eve for that. But that's a topic for another day. I also learned that because of Jesus, my sins would be washed away through confession. And um, I don't know about you, but that was a lot for me to try to figure out, especially as a teenager. I mean, I was trying to wrap my head around the idea that I was born a sinner. And, you know, the stakes were pretty high. There's like eternal damnation is on the line, right? So I ended up confessing all the time, left and right, and I usually tried to end the day with this blanket confession, just sort of begging to be absolved of all this sins that like, I didn't even realize I had committed. 
And I would never ignore an altar call. I would accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior over and over and over again. <laughs> Just to make sure somebody heard me. Whoever it was that was in charge of that list. I wanted on it. That list that made sure there was a place for me in heaven. A room in paradise with the streets of gold and the crowns and all that other good stuff. So a lot of my time and energy was really invested in a lot of apologizing and fretting about the afterlife, what would happen after I died. So maybe this story sounds familiar to you. Maybe you're still even in that place. For me, it was hard to make sense of this theology. But at the same time, I knew that what I knew about Jesus, that made sense. Like, I was down with him. <laughs> what he taught and the example that he showed and how to live was something that very much made sense to me. A lot like the Yamas did, right? And in many ways, the example that Jesus set really lines up with yoga, yogic philosophy in many ways. So since that training in 2010, I've been in what feels like a continuous cycle of learning about the Yamas and the Niyamas. And it didn't take long for me to realize that this was going to be a lifelong path for me. It isn't a topic that's like learn how to sprout brains or learn how to start your lawn or, you know, something where you can learn the steps, put it into practice, and then eventually really do it without even thinking. No, the Yamas and the Niyamas were going to be something I would be continuously learning, going deeper and deeper each time. And really the depth of each one of these feels unknown to me even 10 years later. How they show up is so dependent on your unique path, your experience, where you are really in that very moment. And I'm always struck by this sort of tailored manner in which they've presented themselves to me. Some would say that's mysterious. <laughs> Perhaps a mystery that feels a bit divine. So over the past few months, Summer has been taking us through the Yamas, these moral restraints. She explains that sh they show uh, us how to live in right relationship with society. Each one feeling extremely important all on its own. And then you put them together and wow. So let's do a quick refresher from what she's been teaching. I've pulled some quotes, um, some of this from her teachings and the translations that, of the sutras that she has shared. So the first one is ahimsa, most often translated as nonviolence, but is so much more than the suppression of violence. Ahimsa is an inner attitude of reverence for all beings that simply doesn't allow space for violence to arise. And then there's satya, truthfulness. The meaning of this somewhat magical feeling sutra is that everything someone says, someone who's established in truthfulness, becomes true. It bears fruit. And then there's asteya, non-stealing. 
when one is established in non-stealing, all gems manifest. The Yama of Astea is about equal exchange. It's about cultivating an internal sense of abundance. And then there's Brahmacharya, that balanced energy. Upon establishment in Brahmacharya, great vigor is obtained. Brahmacharya then can be understood as Brahmic conduct. We want to behave in such a way that we move closer to Brahman, closer to our understanding of divine mystery. And then the last, but certainly not the least, Aparigraha, non-grasping, non-attachment. If we release our attachments, if we become steadfast and firm in greedlessness, if we stop grasping for things, stop trying to possess things, the nature and purpose of existence becomes clear. I mean, wow, right? Can you imagine? <laughs> Zero animosity, bearing fruit, gems manifesting left and right, full of vigor, and knowing the purpose of existence. <laughs> it feels like a mic drop if there ever was one. We can just call it a day. Our work would be done. It sounds pretty blissful, like a lovely state of being. And it sounds a lot like freedom, but at the same time, it sounds a lot like a fairy tale. <laughs> Something that is too far away from what my day-to-day -day life often looks like. I mean, when I think about how much work would go into like the full implementation of each one of these into my life, that seems like too much. Like a really high bar to try to live up and maybe even like impossible. And when I tell you that 10 years in, I continue to have revelations about these concepts. I'm telling you the truth. Earlier this year, I heard it said, and I can't really remember who said it to give proper credit. It could have been Summer um, in one of her sermons or a course that I took, a book I read, maybe a podcast, I don't remember. But I heard it said that practicing the yamas is actually less about trying to do them than it is about living into your true nature. They aren't practices we do, they are who we are. So that feels big, and I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> they aren't what we do, they are who we are. I've just apparently picked up some stuff along the way that seems to be getting in the way. You know, that blissful existence that I'd like to be at. There's just some things perhaps getting in the way. And maybe you also have picked up some stuff along the way that's preventing that for you. So, so it's really about digging out from all of that, right? All that stuff that we've picked up along the way. Uncovering that true nature that already exists fully and completely within. This is excavation work, not necessarily cultivation work. And that is the work of all of yoga. I mean, I was taught that long ago, and in theory, I've known that for a long time. But connecting it specifically to the yamas really only took me a decade. 
Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams says, that's the paradox in what is possible from a liberatory standpoint. It's to recognize that we're not trying to become something. We're trying to unbecome. We're trying to undo ourselves, right? Summer talks about seeing the patterns of our conditioning so that we can be free from them. So maybe I wasn't born bad after all. And maybe those people who taught me that concept years ago aren't either. Maybe they also have just picked up some stuff along the way that's getting in the way. This feels like a huge relief, like being something I already am doesn't feel so overwhelming. Not to say that it's easy or that I can just flip a switch and be rid of all that stands in the way. Like the excavation to get rid of all of that is going to take a lot of effort and will likely take a lifetime. But for whatever reason, that feels so much more doable than trying to be something different than what I am at my core. So maybe I was born a nonviolent, truthful being with balanced energy who holds all things loosely and never takes more than my share. Maybe I was already born into that blissful state that I seek, that freedom and that peace. And as I'm typing this sermon, I have Lady Gaga's anthem running through my head. You may or may not know it and bear with me. I'm beautiful in my way because God makes no mistakes. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born this way. Yeah. (laughs) And taking any of Lady Gaga's songs with me into my work just feels right to me. Dancing around to this anthem also feels like freedom. So coming back to the title, if Jesus, Lady Gaga, and Reverend Angel all did walk into a bar, you better believe that I would be there. And really, anywhere else that they walked in together, I'd want to be there. I'd want to hear what they have to say. You see, I find teachers in many different places in this life, and some of them are unexpected. (laughs) But I think they would all agree that the way I was born is truly the only thing I should be trying to be, and is one of the most important things that deserves my time and my energy. When I think about the subtle ways in which I'm trying to figure out how to be, and the different spaces that I show up in seems like a lot of wasted energy. So I just need to be me. And as I said about the work of identifying anything that's getting in the way, this work of excavation, uncovering that true nature I was born with, it feels like a better way to spend my time and energy. It's better for me as an individual. It's better for the world. And really seems to be a better way to honor the God of my understanding, the divine mystery as I know it. So I thought that I could end with a prayer for us today. So take a breath. 
open our eyes to all that keeps us from right relationship. Give us the wisdom, strength, and courage to dig ourselves out from the pile we're under. A pile that might feel pretty comfortable in some ways. Help us to unbecome, to let more and more of the real us out into the world and to be free. This isn't the end. You'll find reflection questions and many more resources to help you dive deeper into these teachings at summercushman.com. While you're there, please consider making a contribution. These sermons are free, but they're not without cost. Your support will help me keep them going. Thank you.